you're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. My guest today is the infamous or famous, depending on how you look at him, Alexander Cortez. I wanted to have him on because if there's anybody that knows, yeah, basically how to build something that's going to piss everybody off and please everyone at the exact same time is this guy. So Alexander, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. That's good to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, we've interacted a whole lot and never actually had a face to face like this. So it's good to finally do it, man. Yeah. The, the beauty of technology, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. I guess it's the launch into things as we were you know, talking about prior. I, th- I think like when, when I got started online for everyone listening, this was in 2012, 2013. So th- my first article ever got published was in 2012 and it was for free. It wasn't like I was going to pay to do this. Um, but I had figured out like kind of in my early twenties when 21, 22, that writing was a strength of mine. But yeah, like being a writer is not a money career. What do you do as a writer? Yeah. It's, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no actual career path. You just have to make it your own way somehow. And I, and I was personal training at the same time and personal training is officially the only job I've ever had. But like I, I was very into training. I wanted to master it and I had a lot to say about it, so to speak, since I was very active with my clientele. So I wrote a few articles and got published on a website called leadfts.com. And this was in, like I said, 2012, 2013. And my background as a trainer, I didn't come from like a sports background where I was football player, uh, college athlete. I, I, tr- I had tried to be a professional ballet dancer. That was the goal. Oh, and I got you. injured and that didn't happen. Um, so yeah, this is like around 23, I think it was. So I kind of like, I put that in my bio and you know, when, as a dancer, you have a very different perspective on movement since you don't, you don't move for the sake of competition. You're just moving this for the actual quality of the movement itself. So it gave me a very good coaching eye. So I was very, very good at getting technical performance out of people. So I wrote a few articles uh, for this website, and you, you never know what's going to happen when you put out any kind of creative content to the world. Like, you know, just like, like these people, are people going to like it? Or are people going to hate it? Like, will there be any feedback at all? It's very unknown territory for people. Um, so I published those articles, and they got a good response, but I got a lot of comments as well from people that, this is before everyone got woke, but I got called a, like a ballet, pussy bitch, faggot boy, like, I mean, probably thousands of times. Uh, like Before it was just, everyone it just, got it woke. It was funny. Yeah. I mean, this is when you can still say faggot <laughs> and not get a social justice mob after you. But um, it was like 2013. But the thing was, even at that time, you know, like ballet, I don't, I don't pretend that ballet is a masculine art form. It's not. Ballet is for women. So if you're going right. to do it as a man, you're either very drawn to it because you want to be artistic or, you know, for myself, is more so I just love being around the atmosphere, being around beauty. Um, but I never, you know, I never fronted like, oh, I'm a real man for doing I'm like, no, like I've, this is not like a manly thing to do. This is just, I have a fucking personality that I really enjoy this personally. Um, right. But uh, I'd already, you know, doing that as a, as a teenage guy or, you know, young, young guy. Yeah. You get adverse reactions from dudes all the time. So like, I was already very used to that. Like, Oh yeah. Like, I mean, you're going to call me gay. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, you know, something about, you know, being, being pussy. Okay. Yeah. This is wow. Um, so I didn't really care, but you know, th- throughout the, my t- throughout that time on that website publishing those articles, yeah, I always got negative reactions from people. And there were certain things I published that were fairly controversial for the industry in regards to programming, the barbell movements, you know, like, you know, questioning what's effective, questioning orthodoxy. And then I had a very large Facebook following before I got to Twitter. And I got uh, 
doxxed and uh, like blacklisted by the fitness in industry in 2015, 16, 17. Uh, one was for a racist joke about the uh, Gorilla Harambe, you know, when that went down. The other one, <laughs> other one was for supporting, the other one was for supporting Trump. Um, I got accused of plagiarism over stealing like a, a four sentence fa- Facebook post, which was kind of bullshit, but I had to like, you know, own up to it. And then that got me doxxed and fired from every fit, uh, writing job I had as a personal trainer. So, you know, like being on Twitter now, like this is all a few years back now. It's been like three or four years. But yeah, Twitter now, I'm like, oh, people are mad at me. Oh, I I pissed off, you know, the mainstream establishment. I just don't give a fuck. Um, Yeah, and I I was never, I was never the type of kid even, right? Like I didn't like, I I was never the kind of kid where I liked mainstream. I was always very rebellious. I questioned everything. I I hated fucking school. Um, I didn't get along with anyone. I fucked off in high school and barely graduated. Like I had to negotiate with teachers, like, please give me the passing grade since... I know I haven't been here half the year, but like, you know, I'm smart, right? Yeah, I always questioned the mainstream. And, you know, and as it happened, I ended up arriving at this position of being a, you know, a sort of a leader of men, which I never expected to be in. Um, you know, that was not my aspiration at all. But I, you, know, you kind of have to assume the position and step into it since, you know, people are going to look up to people. So it's been an interesting dynamic experience. Uh, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I kind of know what you mean by that. You know, I didn't join Twitter until January of last year. Uh, before that I had a Facebook page that maybe 50 people that I still didn't talk to, you know? So I was very new. (laughs) I was very new when I first got onto social media last year and no idea what the hell I was doing, but I started seeing like immediate, I didn't see, I didn't realize what Twitter was. I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I started a business. I got to try to put it out there. I always see people talking about tweet that and tweet this. So give it a <laughs> shot. And so that's all it was. I just jumped on and started trying to promote rugged legacy. And then no matter what the hell I said, somebody somewhere had a fucking problem with it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what the fuck is going on? And yes. so my first reaction was like, well, fuck you, dude. But then it just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And then I discovered the beauty of the block button. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's very weird when you, like you said, when you put something out into the world in like the creative space, something you've created and you have no idea how people are going to react to it. I think it, you, you see a balance of both. Maybe you see the people who are just immediately drawn to it. And then the people mm-hmm. who com- completely adverse to it, and then you've got the, you know, the, I don't give a fuck kind of people, but it's, it can be, it's not anymore, but it was very stressful putting something that, you know, you create out there for the world to judge, but you've been judged quite a bit on oh, yeah. just about everything but- you say. You, you can say good. Look, I've followed you for a while now. If you say good morning, you get judged. All right. It's, it's pretty much become part of your day. Uh, so how did you, I mean, I know you said you were kind of rebellious, didn't give a shit about the mainstream, but the, the mm-hmm. caveat to not giving a fuck is you end up neglecting your reputation, but you need to have a positive reputation in the, in the eyes of the people that matter, you know, those whose views and you opinions do. you respect. But how you did, how do you, how did you get to the point outside of i mean i know growing up that way had a part of it but outside of just that 
what helped you kind of develop that mental toughness to be like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I mean, you were on the damn news and just thrown to the ground for a list on how to be a more feminine woman or how to, was it that or how to be, how to be a good, how to be a good mother. It was one or the other. Yeah. I said, how to be a feminine woman. And then, uh, yeah, the, the 12 steps tweet was what it was, but uh, yeah, that was fun. That's um, it. I mean, I never, how should I phrase this? I, I've never considered myself mentally tough, like, you know, in the sense where you know, I look at guys, let's say, you know, like special forces or people that endure, you know, horrific experiences and like that requires a little right. resiliency. But so much of toughness, I think, is just fundamentally a question of like, either are you going to endure this or are you not? You know, like pick and choose your suffering. You know, is that, right. Does that make you tough? Yeah, perhaps, you know, some people can endure more than others. Some people will break very easily. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, going back to like, you know, my child upbringing, like, was I tough? Like, I wouldn't consider myself tough. I was just, I was willing to do what I was willing to do. And what I was not willing to do, I would not do. And I was always very particular about what I liked and did not like. And I think you know, when I saw, when I was in, in jail and I was 18, 19, um, I guess in 2008 for two months, I remember I was around so many guys, you could tell that life had really broken them and they lacked, and that was kind of like a, a red pill moment where like I was around these men, they lacked father figures. It was very obvious. Yeah. Father figures didn't have the role models, didn't have anyone that supported them at all. And then they, they, you know, they commit crimes just for, whether it's for, whether it's for financial gain or they're just really just criminal in their personality and pathological, they end up in this situation and they're there, but most of them are just broken men. Like they're not, they're not tough. You know, like it, and right. it was, it was being in that environment and seeing guys where you, all men want to be tough. Like you, whatever environment you in, whoever you are as a man, like you want to believe that somehow your, your, your ideas, your values, like your social group, like they're, they're the good ones. They're the real men in the world who are, you know, whatever, the, or who are the, the forerunners. So even the guys there, like they had every kind of rationalization of it as to why, like they were tougher than people in regular society. Um, but I'm like, you, you're, you're, you're fucking locked up. Like you're imprisoned. Like, yeah. Like, okay. You can say it's, it's certainly tough being in here. It's not, inco- it's not a comfortable environment at all. It's pretty miserable, but you put right. yourself in the situation. Uh, and then, you know, as I got into the personal training and then, you know, working with people and I'd always had, yeah, I always enjoyed, I don't know if I enjoyed sports, but I enjoyed athleticism. You just, you see that there's a certain dividing line in a mentality where whether you want to call it grit or fortitude, or pain tolerance. Some people can take a lot and they just sort of really relish it. It makes them feel alive. And some people run away from it. Um, and yeah, it comes in many forms, you know, as an artist for somebody that puts out creative work of any kind, yes, you are putting your ideas into sort of like the overall marketplace and the way society is now, every idea is a weapon. You know, every belief is something that you can use as a shield and a sword. Uh, the Twitter, you know, being on Twitter, Twitter is like a global brain. It's all these competing ideologies, competing perspectives at once, and every, everything's clawing for a piece um, of like the mimetic pie. You know, which one's going to be more powerful? So it really becomes impossible to say anything without having somebody having a problem with it. Uh, yeah, and, and relative to being you know someone that you want to live your life and have some freedom, if you're always worried about people judging what you're going to say, you're going to live in a, in a mental prison of your own making. Uh, you know, with reputation though, like that's a that's a complicated complicated thing to reputation. Uh, since I, I, when I was in the fitness industry, at one time I had a very good reputation. Like I was very acclaimed. I had like a really good circle of friends. And when I, um, you know, got outed or, you know, sort of shamed for being, okay, you're racist. And then you're, uh, now you're a racist Trump supporter. And now you're a racist uh, Trump supporter plagiarist. I, I completely just 
got my reputation destroyed. Like everything I built, I, I just completely lost. Yeah, that was part of like that was part of the reason why I built up Twitter so much. I'm like, okay, let me try and rebuild here. And, and the, you know, those people that hate me, like they have perhaps their right to hate me. Like I can't take people's hate away from them. Like you, if you want to not like me and you want to believe that about myself, go ahead. Like you have every right to not want to be associated with me. Um, yeah, but then I just sort of discovered a new group of people where they said what they felt and they were masculine guys. They were honest and there wasn't any fucking bullshit about having to conform to a narrative opinion. I'm like, all right, you know what? I've never been a good guy and opportunity to be. This new group of people that I've discovered are way better than the old ones. But I had to watch everything I said. So, you know, like, let's see what this kind of turns into. But rep reputation games, it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing. Since you can have a good reputation with one group and a terrible one with another, uh, and if you if you have a mainstream job and you're around normal normie people, you're going to have to probably censor yourself. Yeah, you know, but most people don't have real freedom. Yeah, when I was younger, I knew I wanted to be free. I didn't know what really that meant by want freedom. I want to be able to say whatever the fuck I want and do whatever the fuck I want and speak to whoever I want and not be constrained by anything, not be constrained by a boss or a job or oh you upset somebody who you don't respect anyway. I'm like I, I don't want to have to deal with that life. Um, and I saw that that's how most people live. You, you work within the system, but there's just this whole world outside of it that you actually can access to if you're self-made, if you want, yeah, if you want to call it that, if you're self-made, if you anti-fragile, like that is possible. You can't attain that, but it's, it's going to require both rejecting and this on a certain level, just not caring about what other people think. You know, are, are you willing to suffer through that? And, you know, maybe yes, maybe no. You're going to have to make the choice yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, hell, you know my story. I ended up fucking homeless, living in a motel room, pregnant wife, eight kids. Yeah, I'm sleeping on the damn floor. We're barricading the fucking door with a dresser because we lived in a border town. And mm. it was just, uh, it was right about the time the cartel war picked off right there in Juarez. And okay. so you could be in downtown El Paso and there's bullets flying across the border because they cross illegally too. You know, <laughs> no one gives a shit. I mean, you can stand up on a balcony and look and you can see a gun battle on the streets and what is. It was ridiculous. And so going from that, having to walk and do manual labor for, you know, less than 60 bucks, take home a day, you know, do that for two fucking years. I think I kind of developed that anti-fragile mindset, mainly because once I get to anything else, I'm like, well, this still doesn't suck as much as that fucking sucked. No. Yeah. There's no, no way that fucking sucks. But you know, like you, I, you know, I had to rebuild and I changed not only the group of people that I would, you know, normally associate with. And these were people who were for lack of a better word, they were fucking bottom feeders. You know, they're just, grabbing table scraps that fall, you know, they're like that little fucking dog on the table at Thanksgiving. They're just grabbing whatever falls down and they'll fight for it. And I got tired of living that way. And so when I changed my circle of friends, I had to change my attitude. I had to change a little bit of who I was because who I was, was a product of that environment. It wasn't so much as who I was authentically, but it's who I had become because of that type of environment. And when I started rebuilding, shit got hard. There's nothing equivalent about building a business in compared to that shit. But in my head, it makes sense. In my head, I compare those two and go, yeah, well, I'm still not homeless. Yeah, well, you know, I'm still not breaking my back with a fucking sledgehammer every goddamn day. 
yeah, I lost a lot of money on this fucking business so far. Oh yeah. Okay. I made it back either way. I'm still not fucking homeless. And so <laughs> I was, like you said, I was picking and choosing my suffering. I didn't choose to see this as a total loss, or I didn't choose to see this as something that I was forced against my will to endure. It was something I said, okay, this is what I want to do. This is going to be the pain that I choose because it's a pain that I can grow from. And I think a lot of people kind of conflate those two things. They think just suffering is suffering for the sake of suffering. Yeah, pain, I mean, it's nothing, there's, you know, to quote, sanction and Roman there's nothing more real than there's nothing more real than pain but it's true you know pain is a callous transformation or callous destruction it can be both things at the same time when people are put into positions where they are forced to suffer and it's truly against their will yeah that yeah I'll say like that sucks that really really sucks you know in my situation like I wasn't you know was I put there against my will no what I had done had certainly got me locked up like I would never want to be imprisoned again but I also had to accept well your shitty choices led you into the situation so you, you probably earned this and I, I use the same frame of reference I'm like anything bad's happened since I'm like well I'm not I'm not an inmate I can pick and shoot I can go outside and <laughs> open a door and breathe air and no one's no one's telling me when to piss and shit and eat and like no actually life's pretty good like it you know it, it's yeah, I would encourage, I would, it's funny when it, when it happened afterwards, you know, it was more fresh in the mind, you know, years back, you know, friends would ask me about it since, you know, they were like, oh, you really changed a lot after that. Like, it was really good for you. I'm like, like, you know, I remember one of them, a buddy of mine saying, he's like, man, maybe I need something like that. I'm like, well, I'm like, I, I, don't, I wouldn't recommend getting yourself locked up, but it, you know, but as a man, like, yes, it's probably good to endure something that really pushes the borders of your capacity to just, you know, question even your existence. Like how the fuck did I end up, did I end up in this position? Yeah. Uh, disclaimer here. If you want to change your life for everybody listening, if you want to change your life, you don't have to get locked up to do it. That's, don't, that's not don't, a Don't commit a felony. That, yeah. Don't commit a felony. That, that's usually not, that's not the best way. To, there are better ways. There are better ways. Yeah. I mean, join a gym. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, but everything after that has seemed on a certain level easy. Then, then even, you know, after, you know, I mean, I trained for, I was a trainer for, I technically I still am from like 20 to, you know, 27. I, I didn't take my business fully online till I was, uh, I just turned 27. Yeah, basically 27, 2016. So two, yeah, 2017 actually, 17, 18, 19, going 20. So 2017 was the year where I fully went online, you know, working. Um, and being online doesn't feel like work to me because you know as a trainer, like your job is it's a fairly long job. You wake up early in the morning. It's a 5 a.m. rise time. First clients at 6 a.m. You're talking to people every day for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours, just nonstop conversation, instruction. Uh, if you work an evening shift, like your day can very readily be like a 12 hour day. And it's not like, and it's not like sitting on your ass 12 hours, it's being on your feet 12 hours and you have to be engaging with people. So like that was not, yeah, I wouldn't consider that an easy job. I wouldn't call it hard. It's not easy. But after doing that for seven years, like being able to fucking, you know, sit in a chair and tweet and type on a computer or be on my phone and be out and doing something and somehow I'm still getting stuff done. You know, that, that feels like cheat codes. You know, honestly, yeah, honestly, that's why I call it like the cheat. It's like the cheat codes to life. Like the, the internet is—it's amazing to me that you can do something, and if you if you can get traffic and you can grow your presence, your business, and scales, you can do no more. No, you can do no more work in day one thousand than you did on day one, but your results are ten x, one hundred x, thousand x. That's remarkable. Yeah. Um. So let's see. 
you were an aspiring professional ballet dancer, personal trainer, uh, got locked up. You rebelled against every against everything. You hated the mainstream. You tried to cut deals with teachers just to get a good grade. Um, everything you're saying it sounds like you just decided, you know what, I'm doing what the hell I want, not what anybody else expects me to do, not what someone thinks I should do, not what society expects me to do, or not what everybody else is doing. Obviously, as you just described, you've got a hell of a return on that investment. But what about the things that it's cost you? What would you say that the path that you've chose, doing shit your own way, not giving a fuck, and having the, the freedom, as you put it, to say what you want to say, do what you want to do, be where you want to be, what does that cost you? Because I don't think a lot of people cover that. I think a lot of people yeah. say, look what I've made. Look what I've created. I, I am who I am. But no one goes, it cost me, It did cost me all this shit, but it was worth it. No, it, it costs a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, like I'd see, I, like I, how much should I say this? I mean, I, I don't tack my personality to like any sort of like higher sense of like you know, aspiration I'm like, I, you know, some people like to make themselves sound like very deep, like, oh, I always wanted to be free. And like, I, but I did. It's true. But like, I wanted to be free. like, why, though? Because I just had a rebellious fucking personality. It's just one of those genetic propensities that some people, especially some men, whether you want to call it high testosterone or being alpha or just being antisocial, they just don't like to be told what to do. It doesn't have a deep motivation that way. Um, like, I mean, for most of my 20s, like, did it cost me certain things? Oh, I, I, was, I was broke for almost all my 20s. Like, I, I mean, I have great, I have great business to stay with cash flow, but I crack up when guys, like, we have assets or things. I'm like, I don't own shit. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, you know when I look at, when I, I have friends that, you know, or at least people I know were like, they had a much more stable existence. They certainly have more material wealth stability than I have. It's not a stable life at all. You know, like, it's not. Um, you know, did it cost me a lot of friendships within like my own stupid mistakes? Oh, 100%. There's people that I lost as friends when I like rip or destroyed my fitness reputation that I'll, I'll regret for the rest of my life. Like I, I wish I had those people in my life still. I wish, um, but I don't. Yeah, and that came with a cost. Um, did it cost relationships at times? Yeah, kind of did. In fact, has it been lonely at times? There's certainly not a lot of people to talk to oftentimes. I put myself into many positions a number of times over the years where I don't have anyone but myself. It's really only been the last two years where I actually have people that I can call on the phone, speak to. They're like, I'm really close with. Um, yeah, that's, you know, is that my fault? Yeah, of course it is. Do I have any close friends at all? Uh, very, very few. I don't have anyone that knows me past, you know, maybe the 10 year mark. I don't have anyone from childhood. There isn't anybody, you know, family wise, like I see my family, but I've also been very selfish. Like I don't pretend that family is a major priority. Like I, I don't, you know, you, 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 have five, you have five priorities in life. You know, there's like five things. That's the way I always phrase it to people, clients. You have your you have fitness, you know, you have like your personal health, which I prioritize over all else. And that's, you know, that's fine. Some people either, they're the, either you are your biggest priority or, you know, something else is. You know, usually it's family for people. You know, family is like number three or four for me. You have, your, you have your personal health, you have family, you have your profession, you have just sheer money. Some people just want money and that, that drives them. And then you have hobbies. There's those people that have those things they love to do that doesn't make them any money, but they're, it's just an obsession. It's an art. It's a peculiarity and like they're, they have to do it. You know, myself, I'd probably say, you know, if I was to go in order, it'd be something like, you know, health, hobbies, you know, maybe friends, uh, friends, family, 
So like, that's, why I, that's why I don't consider myself an admirable person at all. I couldn't, like, there's nothing I could say about myself and be like, oh, be like me. And like, you could probably find some useful surface qualities of like, you know, don't be afraid, you know, learn not to care what people think. Like there's certainly lessons to be drawn and extracted, no doubt. Um, but you know, do I consider myself like an upstanding individual person, good person? No, no. Like my, my life, if most people were to live it, it just leave them de depressed, lonely, broke, and probably regretting most of their decisions. Yeah, I've just so happened that I've been able to make something out of it. Yeah, I, I, I completely get that. Um, like you, you know, as far as my actual biological family, I was put up for adoption at age 12, you know, yeah, late in life. So with my biological family, I, you know, my brothers, my mom and sister and all them, I don't really have that much of a connection. Now, my wife and children are my priority, but oh, yeah. the That's people... Right, of course. But, you know, the people who raised me after age 12, they had this very clannish type mentality where, you know, they have to call a sibling every single day. They have to see a sibling at least 75 times a week, you know, kind of attitude. And <laughs> I can see someone today that I haven't seen in 15 years and I'll talk to them like I saw them yesterday and then I'm good for another 15 years. Yeah, you know, I've got shit to do. And like you said, you know, it can be lonely sometimes. Sometimes you're just reduced down to your either yourself or you're just smallest circle. But a lot of my, I guess you can call it a self-imposed isolation, kind of like yours. It was a self-imposed isolation, but it led to something uh, was because I decided I was going to make something of the big fucking pile of shit that I was handed. You know, and there's people who decided they're just going to hang out in that same pile of shit and, of course, get pissed at you when you decide, I don't want to smell anymore. And so I, I completely get that with the uh, uh, the priorities. Definitely going to be a little altered, and I wouldn't recommend someone trying to be like me either. <laughs> you don't have to do all of the shit and go through all of the shit that I went through just to, you know, be either successful or semi-successful. But no, no, it's a, uh, I mean, my formula for success, I guess, like I, I try to put in perspective since my, my family is very, there's no one else like me in my family. It's not like anyone else is like, you know, being a, whatever you want to call it, a internet role model, you know, or infamous role model or, or, you know, fitness personality influence or something like there's no, there's no name for what we do. We're basically just our, like you're, when you, when you have an online presence this way, you are basically sort of like a meta version of yourself. Um, yeah, well, like, what do you call that? It's not a real job. No, it's not, but certainly there's value in it. It's valuable. You know, the, the modern society doesn't have any role models that way that people look up to mainstream. So everybody finds them in niches. But uh, I try to keep in perspective since like my business on a, you know, like a paper basis, like I do very well. Like I, I have very low expenses. I have a lot of disposable income. Um, yeah, I can afford almost anything I want within reason. I, I can't buy a yacht, you know, but if I want to fly first class, I can fly first class. Like, I, you know, there's certain things I can just, all right, whatever, just, you know, swipe the card. Um, you know, but then, like, you, you watch how other people live, and it's like, huh. Like, I, you know, like I've, it, it, I, try to, I try to check myself a lot. I do, because, like, I, I've, I'm, always, I'm always in danger, and I know, of, like, losing the ability to relate to people sometimes. Like, I am. Yeah, you know, because I've managed to cultivate the service very closed off world on a certain level for myself which is great you know like it, like i have freedom to see the world but at the same time you know regular 
you know, average people, you know, people's problems. Like I, like, and I'm not a very patient person anyways. And like, I, I know that at times, like I, they probably lack empathy, compassion. Like you gotta, you gotta remind yourself like, you know, how, you know, how Joe Blow, you know, actually goes about his day. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a strange thing to be in. Like I, I try to maintain some level of self-awareness since it's, it's always easy for, you know, for people when they get, when they get successful personal brands, uh, it, you can tell I'm not, I'm not one to glamorize shit. Like I always, I hate the fucking entrepreneurial stories of like, Oh, I, I had self-belief and you know, the challenges and the struggles I went through. And, you know, I always had this dream and this vision and, you know, doing this job, I have a message and my goal is to change a million lives. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I, I, you see, I know, I know all that's, I know most that's bullshit. And not, not unless you had a very inflated sense of, not even ego, but just sense of delusion. Like, oh, you want to change a million lives. Okay. I'm like, that's very grandiose. I'm like, are you really that good? Or did you just accidentally kind of arrive into something that kind of worked and you kept doing it and there weren't other alternatives and maybe you were invested in this and somehow it kind of worked out. Now you have this thing that you have to make sense of. Um, yeah, I, I hate I hate when people get idolized that way. It's like, oh, look at this person. I'm like, they're just, they're just a man. Everybody's just yeah. a man. That's that's what you are. Yeah, you know, it's like every everyone's level. Every, I mean, metaphorically speaking, everyone is eye level with each other that way. Um, you, know, so, you know, so don't position yourself as being you know something where you have this sort of gifted, blessed path. You didn't. Nobody does. You know, maybe at the end you get to, you know, hit some kind of level where like, wow, this person has. You know, wisdom and prosperity and a level of love in their life is truly exceptional. I mean, and if you do, that's amazing. You know, good for you. Like, I feel, I feel like my life's pretty amazing in that regard. But, uh, you know, to say that there is any kind of clarity to that, like, just, you know, just do this. And I, and I knew, I knew, I'm like, I didn't know anything. I just had a belief that it would somehow work out. You know, which is a very vague, but very powerful belief. Like, I'm going to make this work. I can make this work. Yeah. What, what, what does it actually look like? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think I said those exact words to my wife when I was starting Rugged Legacy. I said, I don't know what it's going to look like in a year. I'm just going to try it for 10 years and see what the fuck happens. And mm -hmm. if I make some fucking money, cool, I made some fucking money. I didn't, I mean, I kind of had an idea that it would work out. I, I didn't even have like, a, you know, I don't have a five-year plan. I don't have a 10-year plan. I don't have these gradual increments or milestones that I'm planning to meet to where my life will look like X at the end of it. I just figure it's going to work out because I'm not going to stop. Yes. Yeah. No, if you don't, if you don't stop then what's going to stop you, you know, for most people, it's just, there's no real obstacles. It's just yourself. Yeah. yeah that's something I've, I've tried to work on more recently the past, uh, maybe a year or so year and a half where I reached a level of success where I'm like, well, you, you did you got six figures, you know, like that's a big thing online, right? Like I'm a six figure income, you know, yeah. shit, right. But yeah, you got, you got six figures. I'm like, Oh wow. Like I, you know, I, I remember like, it, it felt good to make money, like a very basic level. I'm like, I mean, I could talk marketing and fucking web traffic and I you know, like, get very grand there with that. But like, I remember making like $400 the first month. Like I think I had like procs I was selling. Um, and like that was a, you know, I'm basically, I made like a, probably 180, and it was like $400. I'm like, wow, $400. Holy shit. I remember when I made a thousand. I remember when I made like 3,000. I was like, holy oh, shit. And then I remember like 10K was like, that was fucking mind blowing. I'm like, if I do 10K every month, that's, that's $120,000 a year. Holy shit. And, you know, 100,000. Wow. Yeah. And then I remember, you know, doing like, you know, 20, 30, 60, you know, some months. I'm like, and then, you know, but I got to this point where I'm like, huh. All right. I'm like, I've reached the threshold of incompetency where I haven't planned anything. And I run this as like a one man business, which is just me haphazardly somehow making shit work with no real actual system. It's just, 
I keep everything in my head. I'm like, I bet if I actually was organized and systemized and had a plan, like I could actually grow this to like a whole nother level. So that, you know, now at you know, 30, yeah, like 29, 30, 31, now I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do long-term planning. I'm gonna think logically. I'm gonna, you know, develop like a three month plan and a six month. And you know, now I have people I work with and you know, technically I guess I have a, you know, I have like one employee, I guess, uh, then I have, you know, you know, I've worked with Jose, who's kind of like the systems manager. I'm like, all right, so you know, as you hit as you hit different thresholds, you're going to have to, you know, level up your thinking and you know, learn what you're going to have to learn. Uh, <laughs> you know, but how long did that take? You know, that took uh, it, it took basically about ten years to figure that out. Yeah, I, I wish someone had told yeah. me that. Yeah, you know, I, I do sincerely wish. You know, I don't know if I'd listened, but if someone had told me at, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, like, hey, you know, like you should really try to plan long term, and and here's how you can do it, and here, like, if if I had the right role model for that, I probably would have listened to them, but there, no one said that. They just, you know, the only direction was just to get a degree. And if you have a degree, uh, degree means job. And that, that was about it. That was it. Yeah. Um, the, the problem with that was trying to have a structure or, you know, like you said, your long-term planning is three months, six months, one year, you know, but you see all these people preaching, you need to have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan and all this other if you're doing your own thing, there's no fucking such thing as a five-year plan because that shit's going to change within 90 days, within 180 days. Because I mean, it's, it's hard to structure something like being an entrepreneur or being a creative entrepreneur mm-hmm. to a five-year point, especially when oh, yeah. everything is based off of your creations. You can't plan that far ahead. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. They jump in and they go, well, I'm just going to make this product and I'm going to create this book or I'm going to draw these pictures or write, you know, write these songs or whatever. And then in five years, it's, you, dude, you might not exist in five fucking years because you have no idea how people are going to respond to your creations. It's always <laughs> fluctuating. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like it's a dynamic environment. That's the thing. Like if you're going to sell something, you're actually going to start your own business. Like you are operating in a dynamic environment which is the, the public, the internet, social media, there, there's, it's so, it's so, it's multivariable. Um, and you can find, there are certain metrics that hold up. Like if I get X amount of traffic and X amount of conversions, if I have, you know, the stat, like, yeah, I, there's certain things that are proven that way, but the level of dynamicism, it's not comparable to like a sort of a clean stage, you know, let's say like a college education. What, what I realized in college, and this took me a while to really crystallize is that, you know, even for people that don't go to college, the thinking from public school and the collegiate system of you have year one, year two, year three, year four, um, like this very linear uh, model of here's this stage and then here's this stage. And like, yeah, this idea that you just proceed through the steps and that life proceeds on a fairly you know, expectory pace of like, yeah, so this will happen or expectation. Um, this will happen and this will happen. And you don't have to really worry about it too much. When you're in school, like, you know, that's, that's why college, I, I know, that's why the college fucks people over. It's like, well, all right, if I need, if I got 120 credits, I'm going to graduate. Okay, then you get in the real world. Okay, well, how do I get the, uh, this promotion? How do I, you know, get financial dependence? How do I do all these other things or actual real life? There's no fucking plan for any of that. You can think there is. You can hope. People wish there was, but there's not. You're going to have to figure that out yourself, and especially in regards to money and relationships and social circles and you know, where do you want to be in 20 years? So I'm mean, like, like planning's bullshit. Like what you can have, I think, is you can have intentions. If you have something that's very clear cut to you that you have a passion for, you've been a drive for, you can reverse engineer an intention that way. Like, all right, like if I want to be at this level for this particular thing that I'm 
is all about. I know I'm gonna have to do this, I'm gonna have to do this, I'm gonna have to do this. So I have some idea of what the path is, but, you know, the actual process of walking it, that I don't know, but I can at least see some significant marker points. Let me just try to keep those as sort of the North Star and direct myself towards that. That, that does work, like that can work. But you know, the idea of like perfect planning, in, in today's modern world, you know, maybe that worked 30 years ago, but it doesn't work now. Um, and it's not coming back. It's too, the world is too big. Oh yeah. Changing too rapidly. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds really, really safe to go, like you said, using the, the public school kind of system, you know, I do year one, then I do year two, yada, 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 year 12. And then I do one year, one, two, three, and four of college. That means degree. Degree means job. Mm -hmm. Job means I, I meet the right woman. Meet the right woman means I get the family and the house and da, 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 da. <laughs> It's, it's, it sounds good. Yeah. It sounds really good, but the problem, like you said, they teach that and they get so ingrained and that system of progression gets so ingrained into young people when they're in school and in college when they get out and it's just fucking chaos. And a lot of the development that happens between graduating college and finding success is just you being fucking opportunistic you go, oh, that guy died. I wanted his oh, position. Yeah. I'll go talk to the job. I'll go talk to the boss and see if I can get the promotion. That guy died or that guy transferred. I mean, it's a lot of just being opportunistic and jumping on whatever comes your way. There's no set system for that. There's not. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, there's an element of luck to life that people don't talk about now in modern times, but you know, like this is like very sort of a greasy idea of like the idea of like Fortuna, the idea of fortune. We like to think of luck today as like it's all about hard work. You just work hard and you, get, and you get lucky. I'm like, there's a certain like level of truth to that. Like it's not untrue. It's very like American puritanism, like hard work and you know, work ethic. I'm like, yeah, if you work hard, you're definitely exposed to more opportunities. But there's also an element of luck where sometimes good things happen to people at certain times for no real reason. Sometimes bad things happen. Um, and your yeah. life is oftentimes... You know, the path of life is oftentimes decided or at least it will pivot on those moments of fortune where it's like you have a huge opportunity that you didn't earn and you didn't deserve but like it came up you better jump after it or it could be something that's terrible it's like oh fuck i need to rebuild oh shit i lost my job oh wow like you know my, we got thrown out of the apartment because someone didn't pay rent and now like i'm kind of fucked uh i did it wasn't my fault but i'm up to somehow fix the situation and so on and so forth and those things just happen uh, yeah, but the, the idea is a progression. It's just, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you do progress, but uh, yeah, one of the, I think with a real fundamental, like sort of like this very deep, even like transcendent qualities that modern indoctrination strips out of people is that of like, it's that of intuition, like your personal intuition as to what you feel is true, what you really want, you know, what you should try to become you can't be given that you have to find that yourself. And the only way you find that is by challenging yourself, like putting yourself in new situations and novel situations in positions where you are, you know, going to, you know, sort of have your frame tested in, in various ways. There's no other way to develop that. Yeah. You know, and when, when you're in a safe environment like that, just you, you have no instinct that way you have no intuition. So then when you get put into the real world, like not only do you not know really quite what to do, you don't know how to react and you're not, and you don't even know what's true and what's false, you know, in a certain way. It's so easy to be misled. And, and that, I see that because that's why people, yeah, that's why people attach themselves to certain 
ideologies or people attach themselves to certain gurus or people attach themselves to like, this is the answer. Like, you know, this, this idea, this frame, this person, like, you know, these, this political spectrum, like this has the answers, like nothing has the answers. You know, there, there is no complete system that way. The world, again, the world is too big. But, but like if you can find, hopefully if you can find the answers when you don't have to think. Now, you know, now again, you, you're going back to that safety. You're going to be directed by something. You know, part of being a man that I, I try to tell younger guys, I'm like, it, you know, it's a hard thing because you, you only you can only experience it, right? You can't, you can't, you can describe it, but can you really teach it? Not really, but you can, you know, at least describe it to them. Like, you, you have to develop your own intuition. And, you know, that, that sense of intuition instinct, that's what you want to use to lead your life. But the only way to do that is to fundamentally just venture into the unknown. That there is no other way. You know, are, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to not be safe, you know, in like in your, in your life? Um, yeah, and that's, that's a big challenge. Like that's, that's a, not an insignificant bridge to cross. No, um, a lot of people, you know, as humans, we're just so drawn to things that are nice and neat and patternized and they get drawn to trying to fit everything into these little boxes, you know, like with, especially with, you know, political ideologies or with whatever online guru guy they follow, they take everything they say as doctrine or dogma and they think, like you said, this has the answer mm -hmm. and they, and they just allow for like, they have zero allowance for any kind of nuance or gray areas. And, yeah. you know, or they, or they take it to the extremes, you know, where it, it becomes like zealotry and fanaticism and they, they just become a shadow of whatever, proverbial God they've decided to worship to give them the answer because they didn't have the fucking balls to just stand on their own two feet and get their own goddamn answers. <laughs> yeah. Very true. No, but yeah, that's a, uh, I, I, I see that play out so much now, but at the same time, I tried to like ask myself, well, has it ever been any different? Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we live in like a, what, you know, Jack Murphy calls like a liminal age where like, yeah, society and sort of the world at large, it's, it's not stable. Um, I remember growing up in the 1990s, and it's, it's interesting to think about now since I don't know if I'd call it a golden age. You know, maybe it was, but there was a sense of life during probably about like 1990 to, let's just say, even, even post 9-11, like 2005, 2006, where, uh, you know, economy's growing. Like, you kind of knew how life was going to go. You know, the United States was very stable in its social norms. Stuff wasn't really changing too much. Um, you know, styles change, fashions change, but people thought what they thought. Politics was, yeah, maybe you'd argue somebody and that was it, but it was just very static. And then right around the Great Recession, and after that, just this huge shift, you know, both, you know, nationally and globally. You know, and now, you know, like nobody, you know, it's always my running joke with younger guys, like, like nobody knows what's going on. You know, the, the adults don't know what's going on. You know, the, the boomers don't know what's going on because they're outdated. You know, the Zoomers don't know how to live because they're, they're all these negative It's like, nobody knows fucking anything, <laughs> um, you know, on a meta level. So everybody's trying to figure it out. But, you know, that's why, I mean, that's why I know the individual sort of brands, the personal brands are so popular now, where if you can somehow find someone that seems like, oh, this person has it figured out, that's the guy, man. Like, follow that guy. Like, do what he says. I'm like, that's great. And it also might lead you off a cliff. You know, you're going to have to maintain, like, your own sense of awareness with this shit. Yeah, it's like moss to a flame. You get attracted to it. Next thing you know, your fucking wings are on fire and you have no idea what the fuck just happened. You know, but like I said, it's because they see that safety. They see that 
like, you know, like you said, that guy's got it all figured out over there. I'm going to go do what he's doing. You have no idea that he's fucking tiptoeing on the goddamn edge and what you see looks like it might be safe. Mm. But you're not seeing shit from his perspective, but everybody just wants to follow that one thing that, you know, is like the red pill whole movement thing. It has some answers, doesn't have all the answers. You know, if you're just got, if you're just getting out of a fucking shitty ass relationship and, you know, your wife was banging all of your brothers and your mom and now you're divorced, <laughs> there are some answers in that. But then there's the, you know, but then there's some, the guys that just stay in that fucking mode and they don't have any kind of progression because this felt good. This felt safe. And now I'm here. Oh, and I think that's why we saw that whole side of Twitter kind of crumble. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I mean, that was like the funny thing with Twitter. It's like, Oh, the, the man of spear war. Like what do you think? I'm like, Hey, I was very, like, I try to be very public with it, but it's also like one of those weird, stupid social media situations of like, how do you even describe with somebody? I'm like, like, yeah, you know, I mean, I was, you know, I said what I said, you know, in terms of form, like, you know, like, yeah, there's useful things to this. A lot of this gets really, like I call it retarded really fast. It's guys who were unsuccessful women, unsuccessful marriage. I understand they're bitter and angry, but it just becomes that, that why I call it the death spiral. I'm pissed off and bitter and angry and I got hurt by a woman. I'm like, it's just immature men. Like the majority of this, it is. There's a reason why it's you know, like, I call it, it's like, the, it's like a man spear ghetto. You know, it doesn't really go anywhere oftentimes. <laughs> And then, yeah, then it got to, ghetto. yeah, then they got divided up. Well, it got gentrified. It yeah. got gentrified. Yeah, That's what happened. Gentrified. It, it, it yeah. all got gentrified. Yeah, and I, I was never that invested in it. He's like, I, I couldn't relate to a lot of it. I'm like, I didn't, I, like, I remember reading some of the material. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I'm like, I, I never struggled with women. I was never that guy. I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm beta blue pill Billy, and uh, I'm listening to I don't know Stacy get fucked by Chad Thundercock. I'm like. I was Chad. Like I, so I can't relate to most of you. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to fucking bullshit that. Like I can't. Yeah. Like I was Chad. Like, sorry. I was the one that ruined all your fucking lives. Okay. Like, sorry. Um, so like, but yeah, this is useful and good. Hey, I mean, I guess the divide really came with like, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the Rolo thing. I'm like, I didn't have anything personal with the guy. I'm like, like when I got to know him in like our social circle, 21 con, we had a private group. I'm like, I found out that I mean, it's going to sound like me being a dick, but like, this is his thing. It's like, yeah, he wrote the books and they're very helpful to guys. Great. But talking with the guy, like, yeah, he's very petty. He's kind of like a little bitch oftentimes, just like getting pissed off at this person, that person, hated this guy, hated that guy. It's very insecure behavior. And then he lied about inviting a reporter over, which is true. Like, that was the big thing that like, bothered me. I'm like, you know, we, since we had that reporter thing happen at the 21 con where, uh, you know, she showed up and supposedly someone had invited her. It's like, well, none of us did. What the hell? It, he did. And then he's lied about it for like six months. I was like, that's just, that's just fucking dishonest, dude. Like, what the fuck? Um, so I was like, after that, when Anthony like did the whole done and dusted thing, I'm like, Anthony went ballistic with it. Hey, that he, that's, the, that's him. He's going to do that. Yeah, I know that a lot of those guys fucking hate my guts. Keep on hating like I'm still here. So it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I never gave a fuck about either side. Yeah, honestly, to be honest. yeah, I, I mean, mean like, I, yeah, I've been a. It reminds, it reminds me. I've like, been a red man group speaker. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've done that twice. Yeah, I've got nothing against uh, Rollo Rollo. I've got nothing against ADJ. The only thing that I had a problem with, and I had to mute every fucking body during that whole time, was because it was one would say something, then another would say something back, and it was just this. Yeah bitch back and forth and i was like just go fucking stab 
him already. And I'm talking to both of you. Go fucking stab him and get oh, yeah, it done. No, I, just <laughs> fight or shut the fuck up. It was such no, a pain no, in the I, ass. I, I feel you. Know, you. It's like I, I do the same thing with my kid. I do the same thing with my kids. They're arguing back and forth. I'm like, all right, get the fuck over here. Here, you, you, fucking finish it. I don't give a shit. There can be only one. Go dunk in a cloud on each other. I'm, fuck it. You know, just enough with the back and forth bitching. And that's what happens when you get gentrification in a sphere, man. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. They just kind of mellow it out. Yeah, I, I came from like, like I said, I came from the fitness industry, like I talked about earlier, but. I saw so many stupid fitness fights over exercises and nutritional shit. And I mean, just like, just really like particular, like geeks, fitness pros shit. where like, no one would fucking care about like a normal person. And then like people would get so invested in it. Like I remember this was on Facebook and like, I'd see arguments. It would take like days and days. And the, the thread has 3000 comments on it. People are still fucking arguing. Like, and I remember then, when I was like 24, 25, I'm like, how do you, how do you guys do this? Is such a waste of time. Like, holy shit. So, yeah, then like fast forward five years, I'm like, again, like, you know, just be blunt. I'm like, I just don't give a fuck. Like, like how, how are you wasting this much time on this? How? Yeah, like, follow who you're going to follow, believe who you're going to believe. Hopefully, you get what you want out of life. If you don't, uh, your fault. Shoulder shrug. Yeah. I think a lot of that is people get very emotionally attached to their own opinions and their own ideas and their own understandings of things. But, you know, and they can't handle any kind of uh, pushback against it. But if I just look at your fucking timeline, you get pushback on every goddamn thing you say, but you still don't give a fuck. Are you just not that emotionally attached to your ideas or you just throw it out there and it's with a take it or leave it kind of attitude. It's just, a t it's take or leave it. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I mean, and anyone, people could readily accuse me of hypocrisy and they'd probably be correct. Um, I, I'm not one for arguing. And I mean that in the sense, like if, if someone has, if someone that I respect has a disagreement with something like truly a fundamental root disagreement, I'm like I, all right, I'll be like, like, I'd be willing to hear like a counter argument, something like that. But that, that's not 99% of the interaction. It's just people just reacting to something that just they didn't like, made them feel bad. I disagree. I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you disagree. Like that, one of my, one of my, like, sort of my mentors said something years ago, which was very useful, is he had a large Facebook following, and he'd been personal training industry like 20 years. This guy's a pro. Guy's, guy's masterful. Okay, like, I mean, one, literally one of the top people in the world at what he does. And he'd post stuff and this, that, and not even like controversial, controversial. This is fitness stuff, but... You know, people have opinions on how things should be done. And he had people arguing in the comments. Well, you know, you say that, blah, blah, you say this, that, and you know, they go back and forth. Um, he wouldn't go back and forth, but, you know, those little, like, weird feuds would take place. And he said something years ago, and he's, it was just, like, three sentences. He's like, my feed is a one-way conversation. If I want to have an argument about something, I will talk to someone who I respect, and we'll have a discussion. I'm not going to argue with people I don't know. I'm not going to argue with anonymous people who I haven't, I can't even see their face. Well, he didn't say that, but he's like, you know, I'm not going to argue with people I don't know. He's like, this is a one-way conversation. You can take it or leave it. And I, I adopted that like very strongly. And I was already kind of doing that. I'm like, yeah, Twitter, like this is take it or leave it. Like I, you know, like if, if you go through my own Twitter feed and you have know, someone to look at, I don't go argue with people. I don't show up on someone else's timeline and be like, oh, this is wrong. You're wrong. You know, you're like, how could you even think that? Or look at this guy. I'm like, I don't care about anyone else. Like I retweet the people who I am friends with and I want to support their business. 
And definitely I follow people who I find interesting that are intellectually stimulating. I'm not here to argue. I don't consider arguing a productive usage of time. Yeah, I did debate in high school. If you're into debate, like you specifically will prepare an argument, research a subject, know what your points are, know the counterpoints. You should be able to argue against yourself. Like that's what real argument is for the sake of like, you know, like real intellectual, let's say like adaptation, um, you know, leveling, leveling yourself up. Yeah, petty social media fucking argument. It's just a massive waste of time. That's why I'm so liberal the block button. I'm like, you know, if someone doesn't like it, block, block. I'm like, I got like 7,000 people blocked now. It's great. You know, I have like a virtuous bubble. That's amazing. I, I deal with zero bullshit. Zero bullshit um, on a daily basis. 99% of the interactions are positive. And the pushback I do get, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. I, I had tweeted a metaphor last week. It was like a last minute thought before I went to fucking bed because I had to get up and go to fucking work. And I said, everyone is religious. Only their gods are different. It's a That's fucking cool. metaphor. People argued in that goddamn thread for three fucking days. Literally yeah. the exact same people spent three days of their lives yep. arguing in that. Not one, only one motherfucker. Only one motherfucker had the foresight to say, what do you mean by that? And so I explained it to him. He yeah. goes, oh, you're absolutely oh. right. Oh, okay. Looking at it that way, it makes sense. But there are so many of the fucking literalists in that goddamn tweet. If you look up the dictionary, what the definition of God is, it means. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Just heavy sigh. You're, you're so smart. I don't think I replied. I think. Yeah. Wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> I retract my statement. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I've, I've, yeah. I, I've used that with reporters sometimes I've been contacted like so you've been called these things and what do you, what's your response to this and like I, the funny thing was yeah I've been contacted a lot by like I said these reporters and they never published anything because I know they have nothing to use it's like a, it's like a kill shot so they'll contact me with something it's like so what do you think about this 22 con like so yeah like I had a, someone from like Yale press something like so what do you think of this is this really like a sexist you know, like whatever adjectives you want to use, sexist, Nazi, man, man of spirit, incel, woman hater, misogynist, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're, I literally like replied back. I'm like, you're right. Everything you think is right. You're so smart. Good reporting. Just like, and they never, like, I've said that at least, God knows how many times, I never get a reply back. Because it's just like, fuck, you know, it's just like, it's both a fuck you. It's like, well, I, all right. And you know, they, they know they just got fucking played. Like, you're right. You're smart. Yeah. Like, you disagree with me? You're, you're, they come right. on the news and. You're right. Yeah, they just go out there and tell everybody it rained yesterday. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we know. Yep. Okay, that's useful. Thank, thank you. But yeah, now I think a lot of people <clears throat> can benefit from just taking things a little less seriously, and I think a lot of people can benefit from, like you said, learn to not give a fuck about what people think unless they're the right people because there are some people you should actually give a fuck oh, what they think 100 you know you know if you have a mentor and you don't give a fuck what he thinks <laughs> well you know obviously that mentor or that coach is not doing you any goddamn good because he can't get through to you but i think from what i've seen and i followed you probably from the beginning of my twitter journey mm. you know which was was it 14 months ago? The first thing that I got drawn to was 
this guy gives no fucks. But then you were, and then you were a hypocrite and you gave a fuck. And that was my first thing on Twitter going, oh, so there's going to be people who don't understand that it's not black and white. Uh, and that happens a lot. And I, I started noticing that shit more and more and more as I go along. And no one sees any black and white. Nobody sees any new ones. Everybody wants to be a literalist because it makes them, like you said, just fucking smart. They're goddamn geniuses. Oh, yeah. It's always the pedantic response. And, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you ask me, like, are you emotionally attached to things you say? You know how many things I've tweeted out where, like, I don't even remember, 90, 80, probably 90% of what I tweet, I have no memory of. It's like something I said, and, like, maybe I did mean it, you know, like, I like meant it, and maybe I do believe it, but is there, like, a deep emotional egoic investment attached to it? I'm like, it's just, no. Like, I, I use Twitter as sort of like a mental, like, sort of like brain dump where I think very, very, very fast. My brain's always going to, you know, to light speed. So it actually, like, it, I mean, it sounds funny compared to most people. Like, I feel like it actually helps, like, my mental health. I'm like, I just get, like, I get this thing where I can just be, like, kind of this, like, you know, thoughts, thinking about something, like, kind of ill form. And I can, you know, and writing is always a tool to focus, right? So I can write, I can focus, I can sort of, you know, hone my thoughts, sharpen them up. And, you know, maybe it comes out and it sounds good. Maybe it doesn't. But I'm like, oh, okay. Like, okay, like it actually helps me to think. Like, honestly, like, that's why I use it so much. Like, it helps me think. I feel like, I legitimately feel like it's made me a better, it's made me a better writer. It's made me uh, a better teacher. It's made me better at sort of seeing through bullshit. I've definitely gotten better at being able to explain things in fewer words, not being sober voice, since I know I can talk a lot. So it's great. Uh, but when people, you know, read stuff and they flop the handle over it, like, I've realized, like, yeah, a lot of people, the way they view social media, it's sort of like watching a, almost like a preacher proselytize. And like, well, you said it in the sermon, so you, and you didn't mean it, but you said it. I'm like, one, you're taking it really, really, really literally. Two, people say things sometimes just the same. Yeah, I, 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 is everything we feel real? Is every thought we have the concrete truth written by God? No. You know, life exists on this fucking, you know, infinite spectrum of experiences and fucking mixed beliefs and confusion. Yeah, you know, there's so many, you know, there's so much, there's so much that we go through that to even try to actually put into words, there's not words that are sufficient for it. You know, people's motivations oftentimes are unknown even to themselves. Yeah, you know, we don't necessarily understand ourselves that well. Most people don't. You know, so to, to read things in such a way, like you're just going to make yourself fucking miserable. But I mean, I also take advantage of that all the time when I'll, I mean, I'll say that in threads. Like, I want you to interpret this in the way that hurts you the most. Whichever fucks up your feelings, that's what I meant. So like, there's an element of humor as well. Like these, like it's, you know, like the meta-meta satire. Yeah, like it goes back to that self-awareness thing. Like, I don't want to ever take myself too seriously in whatever this, you know, technological social media global global brain journey is i mean if you're going to do things the way you want to do you can't do them all 100 percent serious uh, i can't spend my entire day just talking about you know fatherhood and being a husband and manhood sometimes i just want to make fun of people that i know yeah oh, yeah <laughs> and some sometimes i just i'll have an idea or a thought and it's almost like you said it's almost uh like a place for a brain dump and you can just, it's therapy. You can get the shit that's been twirl, you know, twirling around in your fucking head and you write it down, you put it in front of other people, see how they react and go, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I see how that could be. Okay. I, yeah. That's not right. And you figure out what the fuck you meant. Hell, you don't even know what the fuck you mean when you tweet the shit. Sometimes you just throw it out there and see how people react to it and see what, maybe that is what I meant. 
Yeah, maybe, but maybe it's maybe really it's, cool to yeah, maybe you know, what, yeah. It's really cool to see things like that happen. Um, if you can use something that is so amazing now, you know, this it's like you said, a giant brain, and you get all these different neurons, which are the users talking to each other, and you get to see what the fuck happens. You know, it's cool to if you can use it as a tool. You know, like you have, like well, I have, you, like you the people in our circle have. But it, it's really easy to get sucked down that fucking, oh, I've got these haters. I'm going to argue all day. And like I said, I wanted to have you on because you've got more haters than you have fucking hair on your head. And yet you just go through it completely <laughs> unfucking phased. And it's fantastic. I mean, I should probably like, care more. It's probably like a personality, you know, aberration, honestly. But I mean, I, yeah, I mean, no, no, no. Keep not caring. It's good. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I said something to the effect of like, you know, 99% of people are consumers and 1% is producer. And statistically, it's actually quite true. But yeah, I would add like a third category to that where not everyone is going to be a producer. Like, I'm not telling everybody, like, you need to be, a, you know, selling personality figure influencer online. That's not the point. But you can be a producer, you can be a consumer. And, and every you know, producers also consume and consumers might produce. But I think there's a third category where you can just, you can, you can be a learner. You can be a person that recognizes that, okay, I have these tools available to me. It can be used to augment my life. Yeah, and maybe I'm not going to contribute all that much. Maybe I don't have, maybe I don't have much to contribute. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm young. Maybe I'm just a private person. But you sure as hell can use it to learn. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm staggered by the number of resources that are available now. Like, yeah, like yesterday, I was asking people, like, hey, would be a good way to learn Arabic? Um, I could have asked, typed into Google and gotten, like, a bunch of responses. I typed into Twitter. I got, like... 100 people replying in my inbox sending me phenomenal recommendations here's a book here's a teacher i'm actually a language teacher i can help you i live here i'm like this is amazing like i mean just just like really just like that that blew my fucking mind that was extraordinary to me i'm like i have these people that i, I can call friends and like they're there, like they're, they're helpful and i've got like a breadth of experience that's immediately available to me like there's nothing else like this um yeah and, and people like i wish yeah, I legitimately wish more people appreciate social media for that. If like, you use it correctly, you can have a very amazing like you had you can have amazing life. Like you, you you can. It can give you everything that you need. Whether it be learning, whether it be support, whether it be just entertainment. Like I mean, if you have a sense of you know intention and you know how to balance yourself out and you're all those things are you know relatively under control, I mean like really what's stopping you from maximizing it? Yeah, or you can be that person that just fucking gets in online arguments. You know, pick one, choose. Yeah, I mean, that that pretty much sums up the choices you can make. Uh, you can use it and gain, or you can just spend your time bitching and watching cat videos. Sounds like a pretty good place to uh, start to wrap this one up. We've already been on for an hour, man. It doesn't seem like it, though. It feels like about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've, so, I've been chewing nicotine gum and a lot of people drinking White Claws the whole time, so hopefully I said some good things. And that's fantastic. This has uh, Macallan 12 and nice. black coffee. Nice. So, yeah, I'm digging it out. But um, you've got all these different workout programs. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the whole story because you've dropped it a thousand times of how you got into the fitness industry, you know, between working at a gym, wanted to learn how to train and started doing that. You've got – how many courses is it now as far as your training programs? It's oh, Jesus. 12, no, 30, it's, it's actually around 50. It's probably, <laughs> of what, what I have for sale, it's about 20. Of, of what I've written, it's probably about 50. Um. Okay. Yeah, like, uh, 
Yeah, I'm about to go on about, but yeah, I just have I, like training. I mean, I love I love teaching. I love to teach. I love training. Yeah, that's something that my brain constantly all the time. I'm just I could watch, I could watch a sport like watch MMA. You know, like you know maybe maybe recreationally like watch a fight with my dad. And I'll watch the guys, and it's like I just start putting together sort of pieces in my head. I'm like, huh, you know what? You would be really beneficial in this situation, like A, B, and C, and like flying it out. It's just my brain's always doing it, so I'm always making them. But the one I have out now is the the, the body weight the bedrock uh, body weight training course, which that one I'm actually I was actually very proud of that one. It's a uh, I, I've been asked about body weight training a lot. You know, for because a lot of guys, you know, it's very basic, right? But the big issue with body weight training programs in general is that they're always just very rep focused. And like, and it's good to be able to do high, like push-ups for 50 reps, 60 reps, 80 reps, be able to do 20 pull-ups, et cetera. But past a certain point, that only trains strength endurance. You're not going to keep putting on size. Right. And you want to have endurance. Don't get me wrong. You want to have a level of endurance. But if you want to keep making progress in regards to like building muscle, burning body fat, changing your physique, how do you actually do that? You have to apply progressive overload. And what's completely overlooked by like mainstream fitness for every reason is that you, you can actually load – bodyweight movements slowly, you know, over multiple weeks, months, and you can pack on a shitload of muscle doing them. And that, that's just, it's just weirdly, it's not done. Every bodyweight program I've seen, it's just, it's literally just do a shitload of reps or here's like some cool gimmicky shit you can try. Um, it's never actually been put to a program program. So that's, that's what the bedrock program is for anyone that's listening. Um, it just came out last night. So I would encourage anyone to check that out. Yeah. I watched it because uh, I see everything you got you uh, you put out on Gumroad, and so that's kind of why it led into that. I wanted you to talk about yeah. that one. A lot of people, you know, they make the they make, they make the excuse, you know, I don't have time, I can't afford the gym membership, and some people really can't afford a gym membership. Some people just can't because of whatever responsibilities yeah. or obligations they have, or their lack of income, and so a body weight program that people can actually make real progress with, and not just well, every fucking asshole knows I, if I do a thousand push-ups, I'll get stronger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> but to have something that really goes into it. And I think it's interesting uh, about all of the programs that I've seen that you've put out. It gets down into the nitty gritty of the how, the what, and the fucking why it works versus mm. just do this and X happens. And so that's very impressive. But before we wrap it up, if you want I think you might have something. What's coming next that you're working on? If you were uh, willing to divulge on that. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so the other thing I have coming out this coming week, actually at the time of recording. Um, so myself, uh, that's not proper grammar at all. So it started with Ed. So Ed, Ed Lattimore, Tanner, uh, Guzzi and myself, we put together an optimized man course. So this is actually, it's a large program. It's just like, a, it's a 12 week program, but it's all by all three of us. So it covers, so Ed, Ed covers mindset, Tanner covers style and presentation, and then myself, I cover the fitness portion. So that's coming out this month, this coming Wednesday, actually. Um, and that's, yeah, it's a, it's a pricier course, obviously. It's around, you'd be out $300. Uh, but that's coming out this month. And we, we spent actually like a hell of a lot of time working on that. Um, it's like kind of like two years in the making legitimately and we finally put it together and got the videos produced and organized and you know set up like so I'm pretty proud of that actually but that's coming out uh, this month and yeah I mean obviously it's a sales pitch but like for any any guy that's listening where it's like you, you really want to tackle all three things at once and 
you know, how you look, how you feel, you know, how you train. Yeah, definitely invest in that. Yeah, I, that's absolutely 100% worth the money. Um, especially even for the younger guys, you know, who kind of need help in all three areas. But we, we put all three sources, resources into one place. So that's coming out this week. And then, uh, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be speaking at a few events throughout the year. And I'll, then I'll be, I'll be traveling this year as well internationally. So I'm sure I'll probably run into some people I know. Sounds fantastic. Uh, I've got Tanner coming on uh, March 16th. So we'll probably be talking a little bit about the optimized man course. All right. Good. But uh, Alexander, thank you for coming on, man. It's oh, nice. Like it was very nice to finally put a voice to the face, even though I've seen you on a thousand fucking things. Well, likewise. Good to talk to you, brother. Yeah, man. You as well. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, information on where to find AJ Cortez, all of his courses, training programs, as well as where to find him on social media will be in the show notes. And if you've liked the podcast so far and you're interested in becoming a contributor, <clears throat> a contributor, you can go to anchor.fm slash rugged legacy and click on the support icon. I hereby vow that every single cent will be used to whatever the hell I want it to be used for. So <laughs> thank you all for listening and we're out. Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production.